Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil. I'm also joined, as always, by Terry, who's also in Minnesota with me, and Bob, who's in Virginia. We are three distinct voices, bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into this conversation. We want you to join in the conversation as well. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leave a message there. We also have a link in the description. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house here in Minnesota and in the Midwest. Now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations continue to be a light not only for us, but for you as well. Now let us welcome Terry and Bob into the conversation. Welcome to this episode of Strange Catholics. Today we will discuss patriotism, religious freedom, and how, as Catholics, we can be good patriots in our country. Our Spotlight Saints of the Week are Saints Peter and St. Paul, whose solemnity was on June 29th. And as we always do, we normally begin with a prayer. We're going to include it in the podcast from here on out. So we'll send it over to Terry to open us up in prayer. Thank you, Terry. Well, thank you, Phil. Um, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God, our light and our salvation, you lead us always through the good times and the bad. We thank you for the bountiful blessings you bestow on us and in our country and the ability to come together to express our love for you through the mass, through daily prayer, and not be afraid of oppression or harm to come to us. God, we just pray that you continue to be that light and to guide us always. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Take it away, Amen. Phil. Thank you, Terry. Beautiful prayer. Thank you. So knowing that the 4th of July holiday comes up here and probably even before this gets released, but we really wanted to highlight on this special holiday episode, patriotism and what does that look like as Catholics? How do we frame as our duties as citizens to the country where we live? You know, how, how do we do that and do that in right order? And how do we live out patriotism as a virtue? We have a number of paragraphs uh, in the catechism that speak to this, the duties of citizens. And then also have a link. We'll also have a link in the description linking to these two different articles, uh, with one that's based on an article by Monsignor Stuart Swetland that he wrote back in 2009. And then one is more the direct content of what Monsignor Stuart Swetland wrote in 2009. I think it speaks so well, especially even today to where we're at, how we wrestle with what patriotism means and how we don't go to either one of the extremes. Uh, and it helps us to, to be grounded in who we are as Catholics and how we can still yet have that, that proper, right-formed, patriotic attitude about the country we live in. I, as a former member of the Armed Services, have that great 
kind of innate patriotic spirit within me. So I, I think it just draws on. It doesn't doesn't take away from, but it helps us form patriotism in the right light. Uh, Monsignor Stuart Swetland talks at great lengths about what patriotism can look like and how it can be a virtue. So talking about the person that loves or does not love their country. So going from someone that doesn't love their country, so that they're, you know, unpatriotic is what they might be called. You know, they they don't want to participate in society or in the civic duties. And, and they're not really willing to live up to what it really is to be a, a citizen in that country. And then we have too much patriotism that goes... It goes into like almost the nationalist uh, standpoint where they're only concerned about just their country. And I know sometimes they can get a little muddy because we get so we, we love our country very much. We're very thankful as Terry with that beautiful opening prayer. You know, we're very thankful for the many blessings we've been given as a country. But then we, we get almost blinded to how our country treats others and how it receives others. So just, it's that right order. It's that really that right order. Uh, paragraph 2238 talks about um, those subject to authority should regard those in authority as representatives of God who made them stewards of his gifts. Quote, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Live as free men, yet without using your freedom as a pretext for evil, but live as servants of God, close quote. I think that sums up well how we can live out that virtue in right balance for love of country, but more in that servile way. How can we serve, our, how can we serve others as good citizens of our country? I'll kick it over to Terry. Well, and I, I like the last paragraph of that article, um, he really sums it up well, um, and I'm going to give an exact quote here. Uh, the Catholic vision of patriotism and the virtue of patriotism is a group of people who understand, with each individual in that group understanding, what the true common good is for their nation and are attempting together to achieve with that with whatever means available to them and to their vocation. So, I mean, for me, that pretty much sums it up. Now, he does reference Romans 13 in there, and I, and, um, I think that's spot on with um, talking about obedience to authority and love uh, fulfills the law, which really are cornerstones of what our Catholic faith really entails. Um, in, uh, in Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, chapter 13, verse 1 starts off, let every person be subordinate to the higher authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been established by God. So what this first verse is saying to me is, those elected officials have been established by God to be the authority, and therefore, through God's ordinance, they serve the, the people that put them in office. 
Bob, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it, excuse me. Thanks for including me in the podcast this week. (laughs) Pardon me to all the wonderful listeners across the world. And thanks for listening again. Um, I think it's a slippery slope a little bit when we talk about uh, leaders and being installed by God. However, I believe that is true. Uh, I think it's the way we discuss it has to be kind of, um, we had to kind of watch how that is because I think people misinterpret that at times. They, they see it more as a where church and state are not being separated. Now, I think what people fail to understand is, you know, this is the only country that is a, is a Judeo-Christian brought up, you know, with all these inalienable rights by God. And, and that's kind of what we're getting at here. What those leaders are installed by the people, God-fearing people of this country who vote for those people, and then they're installed by God. And that's, I think, what we're getting at. And, and I think one of the concerns I have is, and in the article, you know, bigots and nationalism, and Phil mentioned that a little bit, I think we're seeing a lot of problems with this um, patriotism, potentially that's gone um, hyperbolic off the charts. And uh, it's no longer virtuous. It's, it's uh, you know, it's turned to being people being bigots or this is their country and other people shouldn't be here and so on. And we're seeing a lot of that now. We're also seeing those folks who are not obedient. It also talks about obedience in here as well. You know, people who are being disobedient, mm-hmm. you know, and, and destroying things and doing these types of things. And that is not to, not to criticize those folks who are peacefully, you know, having civil dis- disobedience peacefully, you know, um, it's the folks that are being violent and not being obedient in that way. Those are a couple of things that I took out of the article. And and I think it's always good to note that um, kind of the spirit of what St. Paul's writing to is, you know, good authority. So we don't, obviously there are bad rulers. There have been bad rulers, rulers that are seeking evil. And so, I mean, world history. Yeah, you're absolutely right. World history has shown countless cases of that, you know, throughout time. Exactly. So this isn't um, saying that we need to, you know, we need to be subservient to these bad rulers in the same sense. Um, because we can recognize good and evil, especially with a good discerning heart, we're going to be able to recognize where good is, what's leading us towards God, what's leading us away. And we're able to, we're then able to more clearly call out those things that are, that are contrary, especially to our Catholic faith, but also not good for the common good. We try to be apolitical here, right? This is an apolitical program. Um, we try to show both sides. We try not to weave too much politics in it, but sometimes it's unfortunate because that is part of the culture because there's politics and religion, there's politics in our country, all kinds of stuff like that. And it's very polarizing. But, but we sit in the middle on that and try to look at both sides. But here's a wonderful uh, excerpt of this, of this article. The person who has too much patriotism is that person who is beyond patriotic and becomes a nationalist rogue or a bigot or someone 
who is like my country may she always be right but may may be right but right or wrong it is my country the idea is america first and everything whatever other country and everything that kind of person usually goes by different names so we we hear that now in our discourse political and out in the out in society right we haven't you know in our lifetime i don't recall a time we've been as polarized as we are now and when we're this polarized we're not together as one people one people in god and we're really drawing away from god we're not going towards god what do you guys think of that well in in for me here's here's the measure of this whole article that um kind of surmises or accentuates your point because we're being so polarized we are not working together for the common good and like i mentioned in that last paragraph earlier you know the catholic vision of patriotism and the virtue of patriotism is a people a group of people who understand that we need to come together for the common good it's not about me and my views and how I feel, it's about accepting what could be coming, you know, my ideas, my opinions, your ideas, your opinions, Phil, your ideas and your opinions. We're all coming together to help frame the common good. Those are my thoughts. Well, well think of think of something recent that that is not has become this kind of polarizing uh, deal can be kind of considered patriotic or unpatriotic is mask wearing in you know for COVID-19 there are groups of people who say they think this is a hoax and they're not going to wear a mask while public health experts say we should be wearing a mask and so there seems to have been two sides of this but wearing a mask is not to as much help me. It's to help the people around me. Right. Correct. It, it, right. So it, it seems like, and, and I'm not taking a side, I'm just saying it's an example of where we've taken something where if we just believe the public health folks, then we would all wear masks because we would care about everybody because we wouldn't sp spread the virus. And we wouldn't want to spread the virus to those who are most vulnerable and kill them. Right. But we have groups of people who are like, no, they don't even believe the virus is real or, or we have others in government in, or in politics who mock wearing the masks and, and some that are probably too much of an alarmist about it. So uh, we're very bifurcated on this, which is something that potentially we should all be coming together to try to protect each other. Maybe I'm off on this. Agreed. No, and, and I've heard people on both sides, even I was assisting at a funeral this morning and, you know, some people weren't even going to come into the funeral because they saw a number of people walk, walk in without masks. Um, other people didn't want to come in because they saw people wearing masks. So <laughs> it, 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 it is one of, it's becoming something that's becoming more divisive. Um, and just listening, trying, I'm 
working on listening better instead of saying something. So just listening to people and hearing what they're saying um, more and more on, on either side, you know, I, the people that were not wearing masks and were not wearing masks were more doing it because they said, you know, this isn't good for me. It's not good for me. Um, where the people that were wearing the masks were saying the same thing. This is, you know, I'm immune compromised or, you know, I'm elderly, you know what I mean? So, you know, if we could frame the discussion and maybe if it doesn't come from a public health person, it comes from another leader that might help break some of that down just because there was, you should wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. Everyone must wear a mask. There was mixed messages, especially when it first started. So I think if you just get, this is why we do this and you send that message out, it might be more well received. Although at this point it's also become a divisive thing. So it's really hard to well, say, but so I, I wear a mask everywhere I go. My immune system is compromised. Um, but I also, I don't know if maybe I was exposed somehow or some way and I'm usually ministering to people that are probably in, you know, a compromised or semi-compromised state anyways. So I do that to protect others. I recognize that it's not going to really help me necessarily, but it will definitely help others. And if others are wearing the mask, that helps me. That's the way I understand it because these aren't N95 masks that I'm wearing. So right. th there isn't a protection on my side. It's more protection on the other side. Right. So, so let's not, you know, we're not here to talk about whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask. I mean, I wear a mask when I go into places, a lot of places say you got to wear a mask when you come in. And I wear a mask when I go to work because that's a requirement. I mean, so there's some of that. And I think it's a pain in the butt, but, but I do it. And I'm not saying I'm against it because I am, you know, whether we like it or not, I mean, we are such an individualistic, that's what makes it complicated in this country. Mm. We are such an individualistic, you know, individual liberty type country, which we were founded mm -hmm. on, which is very important. But yet we're all codependent on each other as well. I mean, we're all in it together, which I think some people are forgetting. So I think this is just a perfect on both sides of the political uh, scale. But what I think we're seeing here, this is a perfect example when we talk about patriotism and what patriotism should be and what it isn't is something as simple as the pandemic and how we should do things how what is the what are the things we should do from the public health aspects to to help save our most vulnerable people in the country and, and everyone from the vi virus and getting sick have all been have all been hyper polarized and politicized on both sides one side rings the bell that it's the worst thing in the world and one side rings the bell that they're not really sure it's not a hoax. So where is the coming together of, especially those leaders who were, who God has helped install in those political positions to help bring us together. And where, where are we, you know, through prayer, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about, you know, praying and what should we be doing and coming together in groups, uh, you know, to, tr to try to, 
speak with one voice and, 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 and bring this country back together. So I throw this over to Terry now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got me on the hot seat. Well, you haven't talked for a while. <laughs> no, I haven't. You're right. Thank you. Um, no, I, I absolutely agree that you are kind of co-mingling some very, very difficult dynamics here. Um, you know, people feel very, you know, there are those uh, in the position that I hold within a parish. I have had uh, a couple of people speak to me and, and tell me, you know, they're absolutely not going to wear a mask uh, because it's all a joke. And if, uh, if somebody's making me wear a mask, well, then they don't need my business that badly. So that was a direct quote from one of the people that I've spoken with. Um, but I really think to kind of get back to your point, how, how do we come together and, and how do we come up as one voice for that common good? Because we are so polarized on this. And I, I really think that in and of itself, um, you know, is, kind of the main question of of faith you know if we believe that god is watching out over us some people would say well you know then we don't need to wear a mask because god is always watching out for us but god also gave us the gift of proper discernment to know that hey if there's a bus coming down the road you don't step out in front of it because they may not see you in time and you may die. So, um, so, Hey, so this is what I ahead. ask. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Cause this just had this, um, epiphany. <laughs> I thought I felt the earth stop for a second. <laughs> you know, why are we different? Let's say than world war two or, you know, man on the moon and the, you know, country coming together to support that or other things where we've done, where we seem to have pulled up our bootstraps and come together as a group, a group of people. I understand we're more diverse today than we were back then. That's got nothing to do with it. I really don't think that has anything to do with it because I think the diversity of the folks here what I find is those people are just as patriotic, if not more patriotic than, than folks that were born here. So, um, and and a lot of those folks are citizens, but some are immigrants and so on. I I think they're even more patriotic. I think it comes to a question and this is an article as well of virtue. We're not as virtuous a people today than we were 20 or 30 years ago in many ways. We're, we're not acting or we're not acting as virtuous now. Our political leaders maybe aren't as concerned about the public good and they're concerned more about power, possibly. Something to think about. There seems to be more agendas driven here than really the common good of everybody. And, and I just get that sense and I get that feeling. And for our podcast listeners out there who have not listened to us before, thanks by the way for listening. Number one, number two, I'm typically the, you know, the worst course of action guy, the guy half empty. (laughs) 
okay, I'm really not that bad a guy, but that's, at least I don't think so, but that is the view, you know, and, and those guys try to be more hopeful. So I'm just throwing that out there for some feedback from you guys. Sure. So let me ask you this, Bob, um, for the benefit of our listeners too, to kind of get a framework of where you're uh, discussing virtue. How do you see then how virtue has changed, you know, other than what you said that are, you know, about our political leaders, where do you see the change in our virtue from say, you know, the world war II, the Apollo um, 11 era to even, you know, as recently as, you know, the, the first and second Gulf war up to today. So I still think there's a lot of virtue out there and a lot of virtuous people because people wave at me when I'm walking down the street, people stop and say, hi, if, uh, if my car was on the side of the road, a lot of people would stop and say, Hey, do you need some help? But there's less people that would do that than would have done that 20, 30 years ago. We remember growing up where neighbors, you know, you weren't raising somebody else's kids, but the neighbors watched out for all the kids. Right. And, and, sure. and there seems to be less of that now. And, and, I, and I'm not sure that there's less of it because we possess less of it or less of it because our leaders and the other secular influences that are within our culture here in, in uh, the West have helped to shatter those virtues or, or, or force them down so they don't emerge as much if that makes sense yeah but i'd be i yeah there we go he's here yeah i was here the whole time but i just wanted to i didn't want to talk too much i talked too much on the last one um yeah i've talked go ahead so i just wanted do you think that part of this is stemming from just as a country our distance away from kind of some of those judeo-christian principles that were really part of our foundation even those that would maybe identify as theists as you know some of the founders still recognize that you know what was being formed as a country you know kind of getting back to that you know, July 4th what was being formed as a country was something unique given by God even those that didn't recognize themselves you know as they wouldn't maybe they would have called themselves an atheist today probably agnostic you know, and, and still, but they're still able to recognize the good that God is blessing them with in our country. So I, I, I don't know. I, to me, I see that kind of a more of that is part of the chasm to where what has led to where we are at today. Well, just look at the look at the behavior you know, we've had bad behavior over the years, you know, non-virtuous behavior. Absolutely. But, 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 but how have we spiraled, especially in the last 30 years, but especially the last 10 years, just look at our speech, just look at our speech now. And, and, and what we, what we call each other, um, you know, the names, name calling the way we talk to each other, 
mm-hmm. especially in the in the political in the uh, arena um you know and this is a lot of these messages that people take in you know and, and it affects the way our culture is oh absolutely so civility so i yeah i i'm just is very disappointed in, in in that and and the, it seems the way we're heading you know i i think some and, and i and i don't believe this but but some have told me you know they they, they question they think are we really uh, are we inching closer to to either the end you know the the judgment day time which you know we don't know when that'll be and we'll we'll know when it is exactly yeah god knows only god yeah and he hasn't called me yet and talked to me about it so you mean god has not consulted you on this one bob (laughs) really uh yeah (laughs) imagine that but uh and then uh or are we coming to a point where this experiment, this wonderful experiment, you know, based on these Judeo-Christian values, one, so the one nation under God, right? That's all you need to know. And that's all about people being free. Obviously, as humans, we don't always live, live, live up to that in this country, but we've strived to be that way. Yep. yep. And, and, and we Great. continue to strive to be that way. Um, uh, I just, I'm just concerned about it, and, you know, and I, I know others are more hopeful and I'm trying to be more hopeful that we're going to weather this, but it's tough when you talk to your kids, you know, you, your young adult kids who, who are living through this and try to explain to them, this is not normal. This is a really turbulent time right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, couldn't agree more. And, and I, I think more and more, right, I always like to try to be hopeful. Uh, that's it's just part of who I am, as I know Terry is. You know, more and more always trying to, you know, bring that, that you know, we can't trust alone in the country, right? Our trust has to reside in God first. And then we can be those good, dutiful citizens, kind of as I opened it. And if we put all of our trust in, you know, the United States of America, well, we we probably aren't going to be satisfied because that's not where our eternal salvation is. So we're going to be disappointed and then we'll be discouraged, disheartened, disillusioned, you know, however that kind of goes. So I think reorienting and helping make sure that our focus is on God first and then you know, then allowing our other duties. So as husband, as father, you know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I um, wrote this as a quote, uh, wrote this up on Facebook a couple of years back uh, when protests were happening because of the results of the election. And I just simply said, it doesn't matter who's sitting in that chair in the white house because there is one mightier than he who is in control. And that is what we need to focus on. Well, well said. I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to tackle objective truth. And that's another thing that is at the heart of this, that's eroding our culture right now and eroding patriotism, the, the lack of truth 
you know, there used to be a point, a point in time where we could all agree on the facts of something and what the truth is. Okay. But, but now that, that, that is another thing that seems to erode. And I, I'd like to, at some point, get to talking about truth, especially through a Catholic lens here mm-hmm. over the next few weeks on this podcast. We're going to take a short break, folks, and we'll be back with St. Spotlight. Stay with us. All right. Hey, we're back. Time for the St. Spotlight. Today, we're going to talk about St. John and my personal favorite, St. Peter. Uh, and I'm going to uh, kick it over to Phil to lead us off. Thanks, Bob. I think you meant St. Peter and St. Paul, but I knew what you meant. Uh, didn't I say St. Paul and St. Peter, but I should have said St. Peter and St. Paul. You said St. John, but that's all right. Did I say St. John? Yeah, you did. You, yes, you did. But that's okay. We still <laughs> we still love you and we will not uh, boot you off the podcast. I meant St. Paul. I think is always so cool about, our, especially in our Catholic faith, here we have these two couldn't be more different individuals. St. Peter, who is a fisherman, Christ calls him and tells him to be fisher of men. He denies Christ. Right, he does all this, and still Christ forgives him, receives him, and then gives him the keys. You know that's that's part of it. Obviously, uh, uh, Saint Peter has these these multiple times he's giving that that beautiful testimony of who Christ is um, in Caesarea Philippi. Anyways, but you have someone who's very different in St. Peter. And then you have, you know, probably a little bit less learned, right? St. Peter probably certainly didn't get the amount of schooling that St. Paul did. And here we have St. Paul, who's, you know, very devout. You know, he's persecuting the early Christians. And on his way to Damascus is, is thrown down and encounters Christ and Christ saying, why are you persecuting me? And I think that speaks so many volumes. You know, some people have the St. Paul kind of a conversion where it's, you know, they, they get hit over the head with a two by four. Many people are kind of gradual like St. Peter. But either way, we see Christ calling, you know, he is seeking the people, right? Instead of us seeking Christ, it's really him calling us. And I think so much of what is beautiful about this solemnity that we celebrated on June 29th is just how different, you know, both St. Peter and St. Paul are and how you see God using their gifts to further the kingdom of God in unique ways, ways never anticipated. You know, I love, I love, you know, New Testament reading St. Paul letters to whoever, you know, the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, uh, they're always very educated, very, you know, message oriented, very, very, I, I love them. However, and I, and sorry to get conflate St. Paul with St. John, because I, I don't, St. John's not really one of my favorites, but St. Paul <laughs> is, but St. Peter I, I so identify. So this is the difference, I think, for me with St. Peter. I identify so much with St. Peter 
and, and identify with him because, you know, he strikes me a lot like me and, and so human in, in what he does. Not that the other uh, disciples weren't, weren't human qualities, obviously humans, but um, just the way, I mean, his, you know, hey, I believe you're the man, you're Jesus Christ. I'm your right-hand man, right? I, I'm like, you know what? I'll get the rest of the disciples and we'll, we'll move out. We'll, 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 we'll accomplish the mission. You know, he's there to be that guy, right? Um, but I think of two specific times. Um, and I can't remember the exact passage because I, I didn't have a chance to look it up before the podcast. Um, you know, the, the time when they're fishing, right? And, and Jesus appears, asks them to come out in the water, right? To walk on the water, you know, to come out, you know, and he's afraid he's going to drown, right? Am I, am I wrong on this? I think I'm tracking correctly, right? You are tracking correctly, yes. Right, right, right. I used to know the passage, and I'm sorry. I, I you know, this is the lack of, you know, prep work sometimes. But uh, so you got to kind of, uh, you got to kind of riff here. Um, that, you know, he's so afraid and it's the ye of little faith, right? But, but doesn't Peter say, I'm your guy, right? I, I believe in you. I'm, I'm your right-hand man. I have, you know, almost like I got more faith than the rest of those guys. I'm, you, you know, you can turn to me. I'm like your first lieutenant. I, you know, I'm your XO. I'm your executive officer. I'm, I'm your guy. But then when the, when, when the heat gets put onto him, he, he becomes this, you know, human, you know, where it's, he's not sure he wants to, he can't take that step, right? You get that doubt in there, right? And I know so many times that I've been in that circumstance. Of course, the other time is when he denies, right? And says, nope, never me, right? Never me. I'll never do that. And then he does it. And then, of course, he realizes what he's done right that he's failed right and that's kind of the way we are as humans right we say we're here for you god we're, we're not going to be making these mistakes and then 24 hours now we're looking going why did that why did i do that why, why did i do that why did i sin like that why did i do this right i said i wasn't going to do it but i did it anyway you know Yes, speaks right. to the reality of you know right. who we are as humans and our yes how you know we're we're not sinless aside. He's from, a wonderful, right? Wonderful right. example of that. Agreed, agreed. At least for me, more than any other disciple, he is that perfect example for me of those things. That's why I relate to him so closely. Uh, Matthew. 14, 28, 29. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I should have had that memorized because I used to use it all the time. And this is after the storm, remember the waves. They're yeah. afraid about the storm. Right. And then he just shows up and goes, hey, guys, hi. And they're like, what? It's a ghost. <laughs> what the heck is that? He's like, hey, come on. Hey, come on out here. He's like, I can't drown. He's like, come on. Ye of little faith, deeper creepers, you know? <clears throat> and of course he re he's like oh, 
of course, right? It's always a test, and I and I fail, and I fail, and I fail, <clears throat> right? And I love Peter's assertiveness, right? Peter said to him in reply, "Lord, if is you command command me to come to you on the water." <laughs> you know what i mean like that that you can because he's a man man yeah you can see kind of that lord if it's you you know command that i come out on the water you know because i'm your number because i'm your number one guy i'm your you know what you need me to get the other disciples to do something just give me a a order and i'll i'll take care of it right i mean he's kind of like puts himself in that position even so even when when, and a lot of times I picture this stuff from other images I've seen. So like if you watch The Passion of the Christ, the movie, the Mel Gibson movie, when, you know, the Romans are coming to to, uh, to get Jesus Christ, right? You know, in the misty, you know, garden, right? Everything, right? So who's the first one to go, hey, I'm there. I'm going to defend him, right? It's, I, it's Peter, right? It's Peter's the guy that, cuts off the ear wasn't it peter that cut off yes. was yes. it him yes. yep. yeah it cuts off the ear so he's like there and they're like and, and and then christ is like hey you still don't get it no we're done here no no you know but but i understand <laughs> you know not not that he would get that but i mean because that's way above his pay grade but 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 he always fancied himself as that that guy and at the end that's why he was given the right he was the you know he was the guy that was going to build the church start building the church and i think and i i don't want to read too much into it but i would say he was given those keys because of his willingness to you know be open to what god was speaking to him right because it's after that great testimony when christ gives him the keys and then his humility to come back and promise his love to Christ. Well, I always, I always got the sense. <clears throat> and I, I come back to the images in the movie because, you know, the, the visual images are, are so powerful. When you watch it in a cinematic format, you know, and there's some, some license and the directorial license in there, but is when he denies Christ and then he, Here's the cock crow three times. It is it is so much of you know how you know how much he you know how much he believes that he said I would never ever deny you because he really does believe that and then he fails and how much he is devastated by that. Mm-hmm. You know, right? He never hid that stuff. So, <clears throat> so. He, in that way, Peter is also like you because you're a very transparent guy as well, Bob. We try. <laughs> but but for me, you know, I going back to what Phil said earlier, these are two great examples of saints because they were so human. They were who they were. You know, Paul, the persecutor of the church, gets, you know, knocked off of his horse is blinded uh, and runs around for three days, not knowing if he'll ever get his sight back. And then he does. And he, you know, during this time he has the big conversion and Peter 
just being, you know, who he was, you know, you've profiled it very well. You know, the one thing that, uh, that always strikes me with Peter is um, in the story of the transfiguration, he's the one that steps up and says, Lord, it is good that we are here seeing this interaction with you and Moses and Elijah, the great prophets of, of the Jewish faith. And then he turns around in his imperfection and denies Christ three times. And no matter what, no matter what, both Peter and Paul, for all that they have done negatively, are still forgiven by Jesus, forgiven by God. And not only that, but they are the, the rock on which this church, the Catholic church, is being built. So if, if God can forgive the two of them in their imperfections, I guess there's maybe some hope for a guy like me. Well, this is what reconciliation is all about. Amen. Right. Absolutely. So this Absolutely. is for, right, for our friends out there <clears throat> from the Catholic side, this is what reconciliation is all about. And this, and this, you know, is different than, than other denominations. So that's the way I always weave it. You know, Phil can talk better about reconciliation, but um, that at least I've always been able to tie all those things together with St. Peter to, uh, to the things that we do as humans that we say we're not going to do that we fail to do and that we need to bring those things to the cross and ask for forgiveness through the reconciliation process. An encounter and encountering Christ in the confessional, right? Right. Yes, sir. Hey folks, we've all, we've come to the end of a, another wonderful podcast and we appreciate all of you for listening. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go on to your podcast platform, whether that's, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get a podcast and, and however you have a, a rating system to make sure rate us as five stars. I believe, I don't know if it's across all of them. I know it is on Apple music or Apple podcasts, please rate us five stars. That'll help other people find our podcast. And also please, pretty please leave us, leave us a message on one of those platforms Tell us what you think. You like it, you don't like it, what topics you want us to to uh, take on in the future. And, and then I think we also have some other ways that you can get a hold of us that Phil's going to tell you about right now. Absolutely. Thanks, Bob. So there's a link in the description of this podcast where you can leave us a voice message. That doesn't work for you. We also have an email address, strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Also a link in the description. We would really appreciate either you sending us your voice feedback via email recording it via the Anchor app, or just sending us questions, topic suggestions, feedback on any episode, strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback. Your voice helps continue the conversation. So we've come to that time again, right? We're done for another week, and it's time to close in prayer. And this week, Deacon Phil gets to give the prayer. Indeed. Thank you, Bob. And this prayer happens to be actually the 
our collect for the morning prayer for the liturgy of the hours. And I, it really spoke to me and I really wanted to include this because I think this prayer speaks well to where we are as a country, but even uh, each and every person individually kind of that, that daily struggle to overcome our sin. Let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All powerful, ever living God at morning, noon and evening, we pray. Cast out from our hearts the darkness of sin and bring us to the light of your truth, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Until next week, love you, brothers. Love, love you, brothers. brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and that it helps you continue to dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ and his church. If you would like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. You can leave us a message there. We will play and respond to your question or comment as we are able in the next episode. We ask that you share this podcast and this episode especially with at least one person. This will help get the word out and help more people to join in the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. This really helps podcasts get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day and may God bless you.